Welcome back to the Goodbye July podcast. Today, we're dispelling one of the most common myths I see when it comes to new investors that you yourself might be falling victim to. Did you know that you 110% do not need to know how to pick stocks in order to start investing? That's right. That is not knowledge that you need to have. So if it's something that doesn't interest you, well, then that makes two of us. I talk about investing all the time. I talk about how important it is, what a difference it's made in my own life, and why I think you should stop waiting and take the plunge. But it recently dawned on me that you might think you have to know how to pick stocks to invest. And that's not true. There are, however, three things you do need to know in order to get started. And today, we're going to talk about what those are. Hey, my name is Jessica Tolar, and I'm obsessed with all things passive income, productivity, entrepreneurship, and building a life where you make the rules. I'm a normal girl who took a free money class, asked a corporate executive how she retired early, and used that knowledge to build a seven-figure net worth, quit my nine-to-five, and now run an online business from countries around the world. I teach you the simple but effective secrets to building a life you adore. Think I'm special? No way. If I did it, so can you. Money, mindset, life hacks, hardship, growth, and planning are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as a weekly coffee date with a close girlfriend where you talk about the finance and business knowledge it'll take to make your dreams a reality. So take a seat, get comfortable, and prepare to be challenged and cheered on while you learn. This is the Goodbye July Podcast. Before we jump in, I have something you're going to want to hear about. Did you know there is one tool that I typically credit as being the backbone of my own financial success? It's something I like to think of as my one-page treasure map to help lead me from where I'm at to where I'd like to go. It's a financial dashboard, more commonly known as a budget. Some people groan when they hear the word budget, and if that's you, you are thinking about it wrong. Think about it this way. Your budget is your North Star, guiding you through any financial decision you need to make. I consult mine regularly, still, and it's something I cannot live without. I invite you to take this opportunity to adjust your mindset to be excited about creating and using a budget and to download my free budget template at jessicatolar.com slash what's my budget. And this is the exact template I've used for years, and you can grab yours for free at jessicatolar.com slash what's my budget. Okay, let's get back to today's episode. The first thing you need to know to get started investing is how much you're comfortable having in your savings, or in other words, how much you're not going to invest. Have you ever heard the term, never invest money you can't afford to lose? Well, consider this that money. Think of your savings and your investments as two completely different things, because they very much are. Your savings, or what I like to call your emergency fund, is money you do not want to invest because it should be saved somewhere safe for exactly that, emergencies. Having an emergency fund of savings is one of my favorite ways to reduce the risk of investing because even if the absolute worst case scenario happened with your investments and you lost all of your money in your investments, with proper planning around your savings, 
you'll be just fine because you've already set aside this money to fall back on if you need it. But the big question is, well, Jess, how much should I have in my savings? And the answer, like many things with money, is it depends. Specifically, it depends on you and your preferences. I like to ask people this question. If you suddenly lost all forms of income overnight, how many months of runway would you feel comfortable with in order to get back on your feet? For me, if I suddenly lost everything, I'd want about six months to find a job. But for other people, maybe three months feels safe. It's a deeply personal question and one you'll need to reflect on and decide for yourself. And once you've answered it, you'll need to calculate your total monthly expenses and multiply that by however many months you decided on. And that is how you calculate what you'd be comfortable with in your savings. If you aren't sure what your monthly expenses are, you can grab my free budget template to easily find out. I'll link to it in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 028. The second thing you'll need to know to get started investing is how much you can afford to invest, both now and on an ongoing basis. This is important because if you're planning to use investing as the long-term wealth-building strategy that it is, and not the get-rich-quick lie that some people sell, you will need to invest on a regular, consistent basis. So, in order to do that, you're going to need to know how much you can afford to invest. The way I do this in my own life is like this. I look at everything I have to pay every month. All my recurring bills, like my mortgage, electric, water, and all of my recurring payments to things I need for my business, like my website platform and my podcast hosting and everything else. And then I add in all the other random things I buy, like dinners out and coffees at the beach. Once I have the total for my monthly expenses, I look at what I make each month and I subtract my monthly expenses from what I'm making each month to see what's left over. And that is the number I use to invest every month. The budget template I mentioned a minute ago is a helpful tool that can help you calculate this because it provides a place for you to list all of your expenses in one spot, and it has instructions on how to calculate what you've got left over after all of your bills are paid for the month and after you've had your fun. Again, you can grab it in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 028. Now, the third thing you need to know to get started investing if you don't want to pick your own stocks is how to find someone to invest for you. I know this can be scary, especially with all the wild financial stories you hear on the news all the time about scams and what have you, but that's why one of the few financial terms I think everyone should know is fiduciary. According to consumerfinance.gov, a fiduciary is someone who manages money for someone else. And when you are named a fiduciary and you accept the role, you must, by law, manage the person's money for their benefit and not yours. This is important because let's say you hire someone to manage your money for you that is not a fiduciary. This person could potentially use your money in a way that benefits themselves more than it might benefit you. A fiduciary, by law, cannot do that. Last I checked, the fiduciaries I reviewed were charging a fraction of a percent on the amount of money that they manage for you, 0.25% to be exact, which means the more they grow your money, 
the more money they make too. And that's a nice incentive for them to perform well on your behalf. In case you're wondering what their fee would look like on a dollar amount, let's say you've got them managing $100,000 for you, which would be pretty sweet, right? For a year of management on $100,000, you would pay about $250, which comes to around $20 a month. I don't know about you, but to me, that is well worth it to have my money invested to not have to personally pick stocks or keep up with the market or even look at my investments unless I really want to. And most importantly, to know that I have a professional managing my money on my behalf and that they are legally required to act in my best interest and not their own. Choosing a fiduciary is something that a lot of people get tripped up on. So here are the three steps that I use to do it. Number one, I do an online search for fiduciaries with the lowest management fees for the current year. So if I were doing this today, I would search fiduciaries with the lowest management fees for 2023. The second thing I do is I find the three fiduciaries with the lowest management fees, and I compare different aspects about them that are important to me. So for example, for me, this is What do their reviews look like regarding their customer support? Is there an account minimum or a withdrawal fee? And do they have a phone app? The third and final thing I do before deciding on a fiduciary is I give them a quick call just to see if they link seamlessly with my bank account because I've seen this happen to clients before where they go through the entire process of setting up an account only to be told that the fiduciary does not link with their bank account. And this normally happens only with smaller banks, but I still think it's worth a quick phone call to make sure. You might be wondering why performance didn't make my list of criteria, and it's because no one has a crystal ball, so I believe across the board, most fiduciaries will perform about the same. To me, what's important is low management fees, good reviews, and easy access to my money by means of a phone app and no withdrawal fees. The last thing I'll say about fiduciaries is that sometimes fiduciaries will offer an even lower cost, quote unquote, robo advisor option. All this means is that instead of a human being managing your money, they have a robot version to manage it for you. But still, if the company is a fiduciary, the way that this is built should be in a way such that it manages your money for your benefit and not theirs. This scares some people, but in many cases, I prefer the robo-advisor option for two reasons. Number one, it costs me less money. And number two, using a robo-advisor removes potential human emotion and human error from investing. It's purely based on data and trends. I personally like the idea of that when it comes to my own investments, so I just wanted to mention it. It's something to consider. Here's the big picture. If one of the reasons you've put off investing or you don't feel confident in the investing you're doing is because you believe you need to know how to pick stocks, you don't. And I hope that feels like great news because it is. All you need to know is how much to keep in your savings, how much you can afford to invest now and on an ongoing basis, and how to find someone to invest for you. Again, if you need help calculating how much to keep in your savings and how much you can afford to invest, I highly encourage you to grab my free budget template to help you run the numbers. 
It provides a one-stop shop for you to get all of your expenses listed in one place, making it easy to see your monthly costs, which will then help you figure out what you need in your emergency fund, and easy to see what's left over each month, which is the amount you can afford to invest. Once you have that information, all you need to do is a little research on fiduciaries and you are good to go. No stock picking needed. You can grab my free budget template in the show notes at jessicatoller.com slash 028. I hope you feel empowered to take action today to move one step closer to investing with confidence. Investing is powerful. It's life-changing, and it kills me to watch people put off using it to its full potential since it's confusing because it does not have to be. Keep it simple and watch your life transform. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Goodbye July podcast, and until next time, work less, live more, and keep on chasing your wildest dreams. Congratulations on finishing another episode of the Goodbye July podcast. If you want more, head over to jessicatoller.com slash podcast for show notes and any resources mentioned in today's episode. Don't forget to rate the show, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you would, share it with a friend. I believe in a world where we're all financially free, so let's help each other get there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Goodbye July podcast.